0: Hey, good evening. Welcome to Good Friday at Mount Pear North. We're glad you're here. If you're watching us online, we're glad you're tuned in as well. I'm gonna invite you, if you would, as we begin our worship service tonight, to stand with me. We are going to read together to begin our worship time and our remembrance. Isaiah chapter 53. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and it's by his wounds we are healed. We are all like sheep. We've gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him. and he was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Would you just join me now and just worship in prayer to Jesus, whom that passage was about. Jesus, your church is gathered here tonight to remember, to remember what you did for us. Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts, quicken our spirits, to go back to that day that you paid the price and to look upon the cross, Lord, with with broken hearts, understanding that there was no deceit found in your mouth. There was no transgression in your life. That was my cross that you were bearing. Those were my nails that you took in your hands. Jesus, those were our sins that you were atoning for. God, I pray that by your spirit, through worship and through the word that'll be preached tonight, through the partaking of communion, God, may we remember, may we see, may we feel, may we understand the price of redemption. Jesus, your church is gathered tonight to thank you, to worship you. God, I pray that before we leave here, whether we call ourselves believers or we make that decision here tonight, may we walk out of here tonight understanding what John said, how great is the love that the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Jesus, it came with a high price. So these songs that we sing, this time that we spend tonight, it is to thank you, Father, Son, and Spirit, for your great love for us that saw no bounds to redeem us, to make us yours. We, your church, we give you praise, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
1: No
2: Father, we bless your name, God. Holy oh, we honor you, Lord. North, hear the word of the Lord, Romans 5, 6 through 11. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation. North, the thing that I love about this verse is that it simply reminds us of God's love for us that he is a God of reconciliation. Pastor Lance shared with us in the back that sometimes God's love just doesn't make sense to him. Sometimes it doesn't make sense that despite that, despite my shortcomings, despite my failures, my faults, despite the times that we've turned our backs on Him, the times that we've run away from Him, tried to be our own God, that He took action on our behalf. And he said, "This son Jesus, to die culture up sins. And sometimes it doesn't make any sense. But through his death and resurrection, we are now reconciled to the Father. So know that as we sing this next song. Block out any distractions in your mind. Forget your day-to-think tasks. Just focus your attention on him and what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross and how now we are victorious through him. See him there. The great I Am, the crown of thorns upon His head, the Father's heart displayed for us. For every sin, our sin. North, lift them up. Sing your praises. The land,
3: with
2: lift them up, North.
4: we lift you up right now because your plan is so good. Lord Jesus, we lift you up right now because you were willing from the very beginning to be the sacrifice that we needed. It wasn't what we desired, but it was actually what we needed. God, I thank you that you didn't give us what we wanted. You gave us what we needed. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have drawn us to this place tonight, that you are still drawing all people to you Thank you, Lord, that in this place, as we sang, that we will lift up endless hallelujahs to your name. Hallelujah simply means praise the Lord, praise Yahweh, that there are endless moments that we can praise the name of the Lord because of what Jesus Christ has done. Lord, in this place right now, if there are people who came in here and they're hurting, and they're hurting from a sickness in their body, or maybe it's a a relationship that's broken, or maybe their mind is not at ease right now, God, we just speak peace to their mind, reconciliation to their relationship, healing to their bodies, and provision to their finances in the name of Jesus. Because you are a God who not only took care of all that we needed, you take care of everything that we need right here, right now. And so, Lord, we put our hands together in this moment, and we lift up endless hallelujahs to your holy and precious name. Amen and amen. Amen. Come on, give him praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It is good to see you here. And I want you, if you would, just go ahead and grab a seat in just a moment. We'll get started. And I want to share with you for just a couple of moments from the Word. So some of you probably brought your Bible, Some of you have got an iPhone, an iPad, whatever. If you've got those, turn with me to Isaiah 53. As Pastor Brett read at the very beginning, this is where we're going to spend our time tonight. This is Good Friday, and um, it's, it's amazing to me every time. I know the answer to it, but every time I come to Good Friday... It always hits me. Why does everyone think this is so good? On the day that Jesus died, we celebrate as good today. The reason for it is this week is called Holy Week or Passion Week, or this is the day of passion, the passion of Jesus. And passion literally means suffering. This is the day where we remember the suffering that Jesus did on our behalf. Now, understand this. It wasn't an accident. They didn't take Jesus by surprise. No one came up and surprised him. They didn't take his life from him. Jesus said he would willingly lay down his life for us. All four Gospels tell the story of the suffering of Jesus, and they tell it in so much detail that it's almost difficult to read sometimes. And yet, Isaiah 53, written 700 years prior to Jesus even being born on this for his earthly ministry, tells with so much accuracy and precision and detail the suffering that Jesus would have to endure. Look at verses 2 and 3 with me. It says, "'My servant grew up in the Lord's presence, like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance.' Nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. It is amazing to me that the Son of God, the Word of God, who was there in creation, Who created everything that there is including you and me, including those people who crucified him, would allow himself to be treated this way. Verses 7 through 9 goes on and says, he was oppressed, treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream, but he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal and was put in a rich man's grave. That the Son of God would endure all of this is beyond me. I know the story. I was raised in church. I heard it all the time. I've been in full-time ministry over 24 years. I've read it so many times, and yet I'm still astounded by it. The things that they did to Jesus, that he endured, they make you uncomfortable. As a matter of fact, I just listed a few of these directly pulled from scripture. From the chief priests and the Jewish leaders, it says, they took him and beat him. They began mocking him and beating him. They spit in his face. They blindfolded him and slapped him, struck him with their fist, and then said to the Son of God, prophesy us to us, Christ, who hit you. Then he was taken to the Roman officials. And the soldiers of Herod and Pilate, the Bible, these phrases come from the Bible, says that they ridiculed and mocked him. They stripped him of all his dignity, all of his clothes. They flogged him. That's not a word we use much. They beat him to a bloody pulp is what the word flog means. They put a scarlet robe on him to mock him as the king of the Jews. They twisted together a crown of thorns. And the Bible says they set it on his head. They didn't just lightly sit it. They pushed it down until it pierced his scalp. They took a staff and put it in his right hand, knelt before the Son of God and mocked him and said, Hail, King of the Jews. They spit on him. And then they took that same staff. They struck him on the head with the crown of thorns again and again again. And again. And then they led him down a path, made him carry his own cross. As Pastor Brett prayed, he carried the cross, it was your cross, it was my cross that he carried. Down what is known up a hill and down a hill what is known as the Via della Rosa, which is simply the way of suffering, which marks the suffering path of Jesus on the way to the cross. They put nails, spikes in his hands and in his feet and they nailed him to a cross and they lifted that cross up and his feet were in such a position that every time he wanted to breathe, he literally had to push himself up on the nails that were holding him there in order to get a breath and for hours upon hours upon hours, he languished there waiting for exhaustion, to set in. Why would he do such a thing? You know, when I say that right now, I know. I was was preparing the, the, the message. I was reading through it. And I knew what this moment would feel like. You're uncomfortable hearing this. I'm uncomfortable saying this. To think about what Jesus endured. We literally will flinch when we hear someone read or describe what happened to Jesus. We'll turn away from a dramatized movie like The Passion of the Christ because we're very uncomfortable with that scene. Why are we so uncomfortable with it? Because Isaiah chapter 53 verses 4 through 6 tells us that yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But then, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We've left God's paths to follow our own. And yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Why does it make us uncomfortable? Because it was for us that Jesus came and suffered and died so that we could be healed and we could be whole. You know, the night before Jesus gives his life and is crucified, He shares a very intimate meal with his disciples, very close, very special. It's not an ordinary meal. It's the Passover meal. And the Passover meal is very important because the Passover meal was something that they shared together to remember what God had done for them, for the people of Israel. They remembered in the Passover meal that God had brought them out of Egypt, out of the slavery and the bondage of Egypt, and brought them into the place of rest that he had promised to them in the promised land. But Jesus does something remarkable on this night. While observing the Passover meal, he converts the Passover meal into what we call Holy Communion, the Eucharist or the Lord's Supper. He literally says, these elements right here, this bread that you once ate of that was unleavened, that you used to eat and you would eat with bitter herbs. And the reason you would eat with that, it reminded you of the harshness of the treatment that the people suffered in Egypt. He said, you will eat this bread from now on, but it won't be with anything bitter from now on because everything bitter he's taken to the cross. All the bitterness, all the hurt, all the anguish of our past, Jesus took To the cross. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that they offered him bitter wine as he hung on the cross. He tasted it and then refused any more of it. No longer do you have to taste of the bitterness of your past anymore because what Jesus has done for you. And then he said, You will drink from this cup, but this cup is not symbolizing the blood of the lamb that was spread over the doorpost that would cause the angel of death to pass over and the wrath of God to pass over those times in Egypt. He said, no, no, this is my blood that you're going to apply to your heart and now the wrath of God will pass over your life forever and you will now enter into a relationship with God where you don't have to fear God's wrath anymore, but you can lean into the love of Christ. He converts all of it and says, this is my blood and my body in the new covenant. Take and eat in remembrance of me. Jesus came and he suffered for one reason, so that you and I could be whole and we could be healed. He was despised so we could be loved. He was rejected so we could be accepted. He was acquainted with sorrows so that we could be welcomed with joy. And now he gives us an invitation to a table that we have no right being at, but he invites us anyway. As a matter of fact, Revelation 3.20 says, look, I stand at the door and I knock right now. And anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and have a meal of fellowship with you as a friend. No longer do you have to fear God or his wrath anymore. If the blood of Christ has been applied to your life, you're not treated as an enemy. You're treated as a friend. And you've been invited to the table the table of grace. And no longer do you have to remember your past. Now you remember what Christ has done, what Christ is doing. And the Bible says that what Christ has done, we celebrate it until he comes again. And we remember that it didn't end on the cross, but that Christ, and we'll celebrate this Sunday, rose from the dead is alive forevermore making intercession and also preparing a place for us forever and ever tonight we're going to partake of the table this is the table we don't belong in and yet he invites us anyway the body symbolizes the blood of uh, the body uh, the bread symbolizes the body of Christ and the juice symbolizes the blood of Christ and when you come tonight i want you to remember He suffered so you can be whole. I also want you to remember that however you came into this place, there's a place at the table for you if you'll simply accept Christ as Lord. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes in this place? If that's you, I just simply want you to pray something like this. Mean it with your heart. Lord Jesus, I thank you for all that you have done in my life. I thank you for the sacrifice that you have made for us. Thank you, you didn't have to do it. But the Bible says that you intended to do this. You knew we would royally mess it up from the very beginning of creation, and so you were the lamb of God slain from the foundation of the world. Thank you for your sacrifice. I pray that you would forgive me of the way that I've lived in the past, my sins. And I yield my life now to your lordship. I will follow your ways and what you tell me and how you lead me through your word and through your spirit from this day forward. And I will never be the same. I'm gonna ask everyone in the room, just pray this prayer profession with me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. One more time. Jesus, I give you my life. Now, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, not here to embarrass you or anything like that. I wanna pray for you this week. I also wanna celebrate with you right now. If that's you, you know when you came in this place tonight, things weren't right between you and the Lord, but you've made a decision to follow him for the first time or the first time in a long time. If that's you, would you be brave enough and just raise your hand really high? Just want to pray and just keep it up just for a moment. Thank you. God bless you. Yes. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Leave it up just a moment. God bless you. Hey, you're not alone. Best decision you've ever made. Best decision you've ever made. All right, you can put them down. Lord Jesus, we thank you once again for every person in this room that walked into this place knowing that you were their Lord. It's a reminder that this table is a place where now we belong because of Jesus. For the folks that raised their hands right now, Lord, thank you for new life, thank you for new hope, and thank you for a new opportunity to come to this table and share in the fellowship that you've promised with us. I pray that as the weight of sin lifts off of their shoulders, the joy of the Lord would just enter into their hearts right now. And God, in these next few moments, as we partake of Holy Communion, may you be glorified. May you be be lifted up. And God, I pray, I pray that as we remember tonight your body and blood and remember the sacrifice, we remember that you chose it. You chose that because you chose us and you believed we were worth it. And so we celebrate and worship you tonight in Jesus' name amen. For those of you that accepted Jesus Christ, can I just tell you, welcome to the table. I want you to partake of holy communion tonight with us. It is a beautiful thing. As the worship team is going to lead us in worship in just a few moments, um, anytime during the worship uh, time, we've got plenty of time, Uh, there are we're going to celebrate tonight by way of intinction if you don't know what that is there are wafers here and you'll grab one of the wafers there is a cup you will just dip the wafer partially into the cup and you will put the juice on the wafer and you will partake of the wafer and the juice together there are seven stations three up front two uh, one each by the camera uh, stations and there are two in the mezzanine area up there so you can go to the closest one nearest to you If you don't want that, okay, if you're like, I'm not sure about the whole dipping thing, there's some pre-packaged stuff down here too. Don't miss out on communion, okay? (laughs) But we want you to take part of that. But this is a wonderful moment where you remember the sacrifice of Jesus right now. One more time, let me pray. Father, in the next few moments, bless these elements for your glory and touch your people tonight so that we may observe your sacrifice with joy and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. You can come at any time you'd like.
5: is love who's oh, moving on my mountain this perfect love is casting out my fear how great this love would um. Life up from the dead. Oh praise the one, who paid my debt, raise this love. We'll sing it again. Oh praise the one oh praise the one who paid my debt. Praise this life. Let's
3: sing it out. Sing it to your king.
1: started with worship we've reflected on his sacrifice heard the word taking communion and tonight let's end the way we started lifting up our praise to our father he is our lord he is our king he is our friend he is our savior tonight so we're going to give him all the praise and all the glory with everything we have Your glory floods the earth and fills the skies. Almighty God, there's no one like you. Mountains tremble when you speak. I'm listening, your whisper changes everything. there's no one like you almighty God there's no one like you we sing
6: you are
4: You know, I'm always afraid I'm going to miss my cue to come up here because I got my hands lifted, I got my eyes closed, and I'm peeking every now and then just to make sure I don't miss it. What an unbelievable attitude of worship and spirit of the Lord that's in this place tonight! And listen, it's just Friday; Sunday's coming. Amen. Amen. So Sunday, when I see you, I'm going to say He is risen, and what are you going to say? That's right. We're going to celebrate together and I'm 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 I am imploring you, begging you. You have a mission field out there. Who are you bringing with you Sunday? God has laid somebody on your heart. Step out in faith. Someone that doesn't know Jesus. Invite them to church and we're going to see lives radically changed. Amen. You believe that? Amen. Amen. Sunday, we've got three opportunities for worship, 7 a.m. at the Ballfield Sunrise Service and at 945 and 1115 here in the worship center. And I can't wait to see you and celebrate with you. Before you go today, let me have the privilege of blessing you, because the Bible says this blessing in Deuteronomy chapter six literally places the name of the Lord on you as you leave. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Let's give our response. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you, folks. Love you. Have a great evening.